Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525. This is the Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. Now, here's Sue Freeze. Thank you so much for joining the Sue Freeze Show. I'm so grateful to be with you today. And uh, I, I just like to call you all friends and um, really happy to be here. Oh, uh, thinking about today and, and what I'm going to talk about. And I usually use things that I'm dealing with personally. I, I, you know, God's always teaching us. He's always teaching us lessons. And it's whether we want to pay attention and listen and learn or not as to uh, our future. And, and what came to mind, uh, which is right at home for me right now, is those that do well with little get more. What does that mean exactly? The Lord will uh, test us. He'll allow us to go through trials and tribulations, and he watches how we handle situations. For instance, let me ask you this. Have you ever, has someone ever asked to borrow something from you, and you debated on whether you wanted to, you know, I, I feel blessed, you feel blessed that we have these things that people might want to borrow, uh, but but still there's a responsibility on, are they going to take care of it? Is it going to come back the same or better? Or do you think it's going to get used up, uh, abused, not taken care of? So those are decisions that we make when we say yes or say no. And I know all of us have probably been there where we've let somebody borrow something and it came back not the way you gave it and not in a good way. And then you have a decision to make is, you know, the first time, shame on them. Second time, shame on you. So the question is, do you do you uh, let them borrow something else of yours? Or do you say, no, I'm sorry, but I, I really can't do without that, whether it's a car or a piece of equipment or a, 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 a musical instrument or whatever it is. Uh, you would probably say, if they didn't take good care of it the first time, probably you would deny it. You would just say, you know what, I really can't do without that right now. On the other hand, if you had a positive experience where you said yes, and they said, oh, we need it for about two weeks. And then two weeks becomes three weeks and four weeks, and maybe up to three months, maybe even four months. And you get it back and it might be dirty or it might be chipped or, or you know, something harmed in it or the inside could be messed up or whatever. And during this whole process, uh, the person doesn't appreciate the sacrifice you've made by giving it to them. You know, even though if you have, let's say you have two or three of something, but yet you're letting someone borrow something of yours that maybe you have a need for it, but you're doing without because they needed it. And so the question is, those that do well with little get more is kind of the same, same thing, right? It's like if they take good care of it. At E.C.O.L.A., the process is this, is that, um, you know, we have trucks 
that our fleet, and we have 56 trucks right now, thank you, God, and we have to take care and maintain our trucks. So that means oil changes regularly, checking the tires, checking the fluid, making sure that the truck is in good working order so that it keeps going. So that tech will have a moving office to be able to go from point A to point B to get the job done. So if you have a person who doesn't take care of and you have a fleet manager who has to check the oil and finds out that it's down to the dipstick is nothing left, then the question is, does that person deserve to even have a vehicle? Number one. Number two, when we do buy a new truck, would we want to sacrifice that new truck with a person that's not cleaning the inside, not taking care of it, that it comes back with a broken headlight, taillight, that, um, you know, that just dirty, 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 not being washed, not being waxed, not being maintained? Would we give that guy a new truck or would we want to give him another used truck when that truck is worn out? I think the, the answer is pretty obvious. So what we say at Ecola and I say personally is if I let somebody have something or I give somebody something, if they take good care of it, if they take care of Ecola, if they take care of me as a person, uh, then I'm going to want to do more for that person. And above that, if a person shows appreciation saying thank you so much for blah, 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 then, you know, it, I'm going to want to do more for them. So, so listener, what I'm saying to you is, how do you respond in these situations? And regardless of what side you're on, are you giving or are you getting? How do you respond? How do you react in that situation? And even if you let the other person know, let's say, for instance, you're giving and you say, okay, I'm going to let you borrow this. And all I'm going to want in return is for that you give it to me the same as you got it or better. Isn't that a good rule of thumb with anything? If you go to a person's house and you sleep over, do you think it would be mannerly for you to, to ask the homeowner, do you want me to strip the beds? Would you like me to help with the laundry? I used your towels. I used your sheets. I used your pillowcase. Would you like me to help you with that? Or, you know, what? Wouldn't, that be not, wouldn't you invite that person back? Can I help you with the dishes? Can I help you? Because you cooked and you paid for the food. So would it be good to say, how can I help? What can I do to help? Because I really appreciate you letting me stay here. I appreciate that you bought me a meal. Isn't that the right thing to do? So we're talking in the show about those that do well with little get more. And that's kind of the whole theme. And then I thought, well, how do I find that in the Bible? Like what fits under that? Uh, you know, I, I doubt I would find that in the Bible, although I think that's a biblical principle. And I'm sure it's probably there somewhere. Probably Proverbs. I don't know. But what I decided was discipline is a great place to start because how we are with ourselves, like how we maintain ourselves, how we take care of ourselves. Do we have clean clothes? Do we brush our teeth regularly? Do we take showers? Those things that we do every day or every other day, they determine the output. They determine who wants to sit next to us or not. Right. I make a joke when someone gets up when I sit down. I'm like, I showered. You know, why are you getting up? It's just kind of a joke because I do shower and I, I think I smell good, but maybe I don't. I don't know, but I'm just joking. But have you ever sat next to somebody that maybe didn't shower? Yeah, not real fun. Now, there are homeless people and they can't help it. That's another story. But for those that can help it, they need to. And that's a habit that we need to form. And being mannerly and being considerate. I love that word, considerate. And it's probably my biggest pet peeve is people that aren't. 
considerate of other people. I think it's really important that we think about how what we're doing is affecting those around us, whether it's manners. You know, I have two granddaughters and, and teaching them how to say, you know, um, please and thank you. It goes a very long way. And I have adults that don't say please and thank you. And in the Bible, doesn't it say in all things, give thanks in all things, give thanks, not just when you want to. But in all things, give thanks. He's telling us to make account, take account of all the things that we have thankful for in this world. You're listening to the Sue Freeze Show. Sue Freeze, spelled like fries, one word, dot com. Please go there. Please, please, please go there. I know it's your busy girl, busy guy. I get it. So am I. But I tell you, it's worth it. Go there, check it out, and I guarantee you, you're going to find something there that's going to be life-changing, something that's going to help you get through this day. This show is about encouraging. It's the passion. It's a pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. And I just want you to get this because I think it's important uh, when we live our life to think about maybe is this an area of, we have blinders on and we're not thinking about how what we do or don't do affects those around us. I think it's important. Um, I know it affects me, and I think if you think about it, can you think of a time when something that I've just said has affected you, and how did you respond? Now, do you want to be that person? Do you want to be the person that's affecting other people that way, or do you want to be that person's, man, I want to invite that person back all the time. That person can come back anytime they want because they help me out so much. There's a lot that goes into just having someone stay over, isn't there? There really is. All right, so discipline. I went on Bible Gateway. If you don't know what that is, it's Bible Gateway. And I look at NIV, which is New International Version, because I like the way the words are placed on the page to where it, it speaks in my language, kind of more than arts and thous and those. And so I go there. But, you know, there's a lot of different Bibles out there. Um, and um, there's different religions. And they, they say that their Bible is the same. And I would just look for, if you can, a Christian Bible. Um, there's, um, lots of different ones, but NIV is the one that I look at. So anyway, I looked up Bible gateway and I looked up the word discipline and here it is. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful later on. However, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Now, you know, when we discipline our children, I had a show two, three weeks ago, and you can look it up. It's on discipline versus punishment. And we don't want to shame our children. I don't want to shame my employees, but I do want to discipline them. And how do you do that? Well, you talk first. You say, you know, you let them know where there needs to be something that needs to change. And you do it kindly with love. And then after that, there has to be consequence especially if you're an employer to employee, mother, child, father, child, there has to be a consequence for not doing things the way we should do them. And uh, so you have to figure out as a parent and as an employer, what's the consequence in advance? But mind you, in advance, you have to uh, think about, okay, if this doesn't go the way we want it to, what's going to be the consequence? What's a natural consequence for this action? Natural consequence. You know, if somebody's misbehaving in a group setting, you pull the person away from the group setting, right? That would be an easy, natural consequence. If you can't function in this capacity of a group, then you need to set yourself aside. Maybe you need to sit over there for a little while. Time out. Maybe a time out is in order. Okay, that's easy, parents. But, you know, things get tougher as the ages go on, okay? And when you get to the car keys, you have a lot more uh, negotiation power 
than uh, the teenage before car keys. So you have to think in advance in every stage, every age uh, period is the consequences are going to be different. You know, my granddaughter, I mentioned this about not stepping off the curb into the street. That is an absolute spanking, no, no go because of safety and because I love you so much and I don't want you hurt. That pool is off limits. You do not go near that pool unless you have an adult holding your hand. Do you understand that? Because they're life and death situations. So what is the level in which the discipline needs to happen? What's the consequence level of that discipline? So discipline comes from the word disciple because we're called to disciple. And disciple is like coaching, teaching. So we always want to be not slam dunking, but we want to be teaching. We want them to think about what their decisions are, both employee and child, even some adults, just saying. We want them to think and empower them to think about why, the why behind what we're doing. What's the why behind what we're doing? When we are coming up with discipline such as picking out your clothes the night before, which Katie and I talked about on the way in. It's a discipline. It's like, you know, I really want to step this game up a little bit, maybe. And so I'm going to think the night before because I don't want to be so rushed in the morning. And maybe my attitude in the morning won't be as good as this is me talking. My attitude might not be the same in the morning as it is right now. Maybe it's better I pick out my clothes tonight than tomorrow because I might be tired and I might be whatever. I might have had a bad night's sleep. I don't know. Anyway, so discipline and what we do each day determines the altitude. It determines the outcome. And what is the outcome we want? And then that old saying about the pain must be worth the gain. Okay, if, if our discipline is, I want to lose 10 pounds. So what are the action points that I'm going to take to lose 10 pounds? Now, I've been here and I've done this, and I'm usually pretty on the thin side. And I've been blessed in that department. But I also watch it. People that know me well are surprised at my discipline. I, I eat. I do, but I eat well most of the time. I do sometimes have a piece of chocolate or whatever, but I eat pretty, pretty right. And it's a discipline. It's like I ask myself, is it worth it? Is that whatever that is? Is it worth it? Do I really need that or could I do without it? And people are surprised when I don't take a cookie or I don't take a cupcake because people are coming to my office all the time and giving me stuff like that. And I end up sharing it and I feel even bad doing that. But they're happy. So, I, you know, I'm OK with that. Um, but if I have the choice of donuts versus fruit and yogurt to supply for my employees, I want fruit and yogurt because I feel like I'm being good for them. Anyway, I got off track a little bit. So discipline, our decisions on what we do. When you, when you go to a food, a fast food place, do you order a drink or not? If you're trying to save money, you know, $3 for, maybe it's more than that, for now. I don't know. I never buy a soda. I never buy drinks from restaurants or whatnot. I always have my own drink or I just drink water with lemon. It's better for me anyway. So if you're with me, I will have water with lemon. And it's the best thing I could have. But, and plus I'm saving three, four dollars every single time. You guys think about that. If you go out to dinner, wouldn't you be able to go out to dinner more often if you didn't have to pay that extra four dollars plus the 20% on tip that goes with that four dollars, right? I mean, just think about it. It could save you a lot of money. So the discipline of what is it you want to accomplish and the habits, the things that you do every day will affect the outcome. 
and it's simple decisions. Soda or no soda, how simple is that? Piece of candy, no piece of candy. Coffee at Starbucks or bake it at home? You know, what is, what is it we're deciding to do? So here's some more scriptures regarding discipline, because I think it's important that we are disciplined. And in my workplace, when I think about the employees that are dependable, that, I, that have integrity, the people that put customer service above all else, they're the disciplined people, the people that show up for work, that don't call out sick repeatedly. They're the people that read the paperwork and they have what they need before they leave the office. They're the people that will take just the right amount of time to get the job done, not milk the clock, not spend three times the amount of time that it's needed because they want to get their eight hours in. This is integrity. And this is something that is looked upon as far as are you doing well with little? And do you deserve more? And all these things apply. So how are you as an employee? Can you look in the mirror and you're saying you're, I'm, I'm, I'm doing an honest day's work, that I have integrity in the decisions that I make every day? These are really important. So Deuteronomy 436, for heaven, he made you hear his voice to discipline you on earth. He showed you his great fire and you heard his word from out of the fire. When I'm going through trials and tribulations, I know that it is a test. I know that I'm being prepared for something different, something bigger. And I understand that. So I pay attention. I truly pay attention to what it is I'm dealing with, because I know the Lord is watching me all the time. I know he's got a lot of people to watch, but I know that he's setting these these stages and he wants to know how I'm going to handle. If I get extra money, okay, there was a time when I had this building that I paid very little for and I got a lot for it, which was a blessing. But it also was a, a trying time because I wanted to do the right thing with what I was given. And it was a, a money thing. And it stressed me out so bad. I think I talked about it. It was a 1031 exchange. I had to learn all about that. I had to look at properties. I was traveling all over by myself in a plane, in a uh, rent a car, in a hotel, and going to places I didn't even know how to get to. And I went, and I finally found a property that made sense for me. But I got such an education in that, and God was watching how I handled that. Was I a good steward with the talents that he gave me? Did I hide it under, you know, under the pillowcase or did I do something that's going to benefit more people? Am I going to do this that's going to help other people? Am I making a significant difference with what God has given me on the radio? Is this all about promoting Sue Freeze or is this about promoting God? And I'm hoping that you're hearing that I am not here to promote me. I'm not even here to promote Ecola, although Ecola does sponsor the show and I have a responsibility as a good steward to give credit where credit is due. But the truth of the matter is, is that the Lord has placed me in this seat, on this microphone, at this studio, placed Katie across from me, and I just love this girl. Anyway, he has placed me in this position to where I'm supposed to be giving a message to you that hopefully will help you know, mold you, change you, direct you towards him because he is the ultimate. And I could not do what I do without understanding that I am only here because God has placed me in this position for how long. I don't know, but it's been 12, 13 years now, and it's pretty amazing. It's been an amazing ride. And I don't know. I don't know what the future holds, but God does. And I'm just going to be faithful in what I'm doing 
and I'm paying attention to the lessons that I'm being taught. And hopefully these lessons are are going to help you too. Blessed is the one whom God corrects. Do not despise the discipline of the Almighty. Are you being disciplined right now? Is there something that's happening right now where you're hurting or you're, you're feeling like, I don't understand what's going on right now? Boy, do I not know. Do I know? Yes, I know what that's like. I absolutely do, and um, repeatedly. <laughs> Actually, I ask that question a lot. Okay, what's the lesson, God? What's the lesson? I want to learn the lesson. I don't want to go through this again. And uh, maybe you're saying that too. Lord, do not rebuke me in your anger or discipline me in your wrath. Sometimes we feel that way, don't we? He doesn't cause things to happen, but he allows things to happen. Somebody, when I, when I hurt my leg, when I shattered my leg, people said that I wasn't living the right life, and that's why I got a broken bone. And I'm like, where is that in the Bible? Tell me where that is in the Bible. So it's, I'm being punished because I'm, I sinned, for we all have fallen short. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Okay, we all have. So judge, don't judge. And in the measure you judge, you too shall be judged. You know that. That's in the Bible. Okay? When you rebuke and discipline anyone for their sin, you consume their wealth like a moth. Surely everyone is but a breath. Does he who disciplines nations not punish? Does he who teaches mankind lack knowledge? Psalm ninety four twelve. Blessed is the one you discipline, Lord, the one you teach from your law. Okay, so we are blessed when he's disciplining us. Just like, you know, my mom, she disciplined me. And she did it because she loved me. Not because she wanted to hurt me. She did it because she loved me. And I'm thankful she did that. I really am thankful for that. And, and moms, just understand that, you know what, you are loving your children when you discipline. Don't let them get away with things they shouldn't get away with, because you're not always going to be there to protect them. You want them to be able to think on their own. You want them to make decisions that are going to be safe for them. You want to, make, you want to help them understand that the choices they make every minute of every day, which we all have choices every minute of every day, that they're going to be right, that they're going to be God directed that they're going to do the things the way the Lord would want them to do, because then they have a protection over them that you can't always protect your kids. You know, I wish I wish that was true that we could. But our goal is when they're one till how old, you know, they're they're under our wing until they get those keys. So you have those many years and the the formidable years are one to six. So from one to six is when they're forming their personality, they're forming their decision-making power, they're forming their manners, yeses and nos and thank yous and pleases. And they're thinking about, oh, if I do that, it's going to hurt. Or, oh, you know, maybe I should not put my hand there because it might get burned. You know, those types of simple things. Moms and dads, don't feel bad about disciplining. You're loving your children and just understand it's a loving thing. It's not a harming thing. It's a loving thing and you're protecting them down the road. So uh, we will be back with more of the Sue Free Show for part two. Thank you so much. Have you noticed more insects or rodents in your yard or maybe in your home? Warmer weather means it's mating season. What's your sign? Hi, this is Sue Freeze of Ecola Termite Pest Control, but you can call me the Termite Lady. And I'm Tyson Freeze, manager at Ecola. When pests start mating, they start looking for food supplies. Your pantry, your garage, and a quick infestation can cost hundreds in tainted food. You don't want pests in your house. We know how to find and eliminate them before they can settle in. 
Call us for our free Pestimate at 877-332-BUGS. New customers get $50 off any initial treatment. Pests hate that we make our service so affordable. Don't let insects and rodents move in. Call E. Cola now, 877-332-BUGS. That's 877-332-BUGS. Or online at termitelady.com. E. Cola, powerful termite and pest control. As gentle as a butterfly. E. Cola, 877-332-BUGS, termitelady.com. What would you do if your two-year-old child simply stopped breathing? The day businesswoman and author Sue Freeze discovered her son had developed life-threatening asthma, her life changed forever, sending her on a path of learning, discovery, and environmental activism. Sue's book, Learning to Breathe, chronicles her amazing life-and-death battle for her son Tyson's life, a how-to manual for parents of children with asthma. Revealing the secret causes, surprising cures, and the untold truth about harmful indoor allergens. Written with the passion of a loving mother, wisdom of a successful businesswoman, and deep spiritual devotion, learning to breathe is a hero's journey for the parent in all of us. If your child suffers from asthma, this must-read book could save your child's life. Learning to Breathe by author Sue Freeze, available on Amazon, or log on to SueFreeze.com. That's SueFreeze.com. SueFreeze.com. You're listening to The Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. And here again is Sue Freeze. Thank you so much, Ecola Termite and Pest Control Services, for sponsoring this show. We just appreciate you so much for all that you do to take care of all of those customers out there that are listening in. And if any of you need either, here's what we service. We do uh, termites. Both drywood subs and now promotions have come in um, into play. We do uh, rats, rodents, if they're in your attic or, um, you know, they can get in your engine and chew the wiring in your engine. So it's really important you take care of that. In your attic, they're peeing and they're pooping. And you don't want that because when you turn your air on and you turn your heater on, you understand that the air rotates through your attic and into your quality of air living spaces. And you want to make sure that you're not breathing in all of that gunk. You don't want that, okay? And make sure you change your filters. I was told every three months I was behind in that and it hurt my air conditioner. So beware. Um, We also do pest control like ants and fleas and roaches and bed bugs and all those other things, mosquitoes, we can take care of all of those things for you. Now, we have six offices, soon to be seven. We go from San Diego all the way up to Paso Robles, which I was at on Monday. And uh, it's a long way up and a long way that way. And we have different radio stations that that air this show. Um, we're syndicated. So San Diegans, thank you for listening. Orange Countyans, LAans, Venturians, and who am I missing? I don't remember. Um, up, up further, like Santa Barbara, Barbara ends. <laughs> I didn't want to say barbarians. That didn't make sense. And then we've got San Luis Obispo and all the way up to Paso Robles. So thank you so much, all of you for listening. And please spread the word about E. Cola termite and pest control services. We would love to have the opportunity. We also do insulation in case you didn't know. And we are known for alternative treatments. So whether you want traditional methods or you want alternative methods, the non-chemical methods, we offer all of it. We never have to walk away and say we can't help. We can help. Just call us and we will uh, figure out what your your situation is and we will individualize the best solution that's best for you. So um, thank you so much. And I had to give that shout out to Ecola because they've been such a loyal sponsor for this show. 
Now, um, this is part two of uh, part one, part two program, and we're talking about those that do well with little get more, and we're talking about discipline because that's part of doing well with little, isn't it? It's our discipline. Like, what do we do in a situation? How do we handle a person? How do we handle this this equipment that we borrowed? And how do we give it back better than we found it? And so on and so forth. So I'm reading scriptures because it's very clear about discipline. For instance, Proverbs 5, uh, 12 says, You will say how I hated discipline, how my heart spurned correction. Because discipline isn't fun, is it? I can remember being young and, and my mom disciplining me, and I remember that it wasn't fun. It wasn't fun for me to be disciplined, and I felt bad because I always wanted to please my mom. You know, I just was a pleaser. I'm, I'm a middle child, and I, you know, I just wanted to please my mom. So I, I really didn't like it when I made her unhappy. I'll tell you a little funny story, and it is a funny story, but it's about lying, so it's a big story. Um, I used to walk home from school, and I used to pick my mom flowers, and I'd bring them home because I love my mom so much. She was great, very big cheerleader and my biggest fan, and I just loved her so much. She's been in heaven for a very long time, and I miss her so much. Hi, Mom, and I love you. I always feel her presence. But anyway, um, she always said, Susie, don't pick the flowers because when you do that, if everybody that came home from school picked flowers, there would be no beautiful flowers for the next group of people that were going to come by because you're taking the flowers away from everybody getting to see. So don't pick the flowers. Plus, there's somebody else's flowers and you shouldn't be picking somebody else's flowers. Okay. So she said that repeatedly to me. And then this one day I decided that oh, I just was a pretty flower and I just went up and I picked it. And there was a bee on the stem, and I got stung. Really, really, really ouchy. It really hurt. And I ran home crying, and my mom didn't know whether to hug me or discipline me because she said, Susie, I told you not to pick. And at that moment, I had a choice. And I said, Mom, it was on the ground. It had already fallen off. It was already on the ground. And she knew I was lying. So she had a decision to make on whether, out of love, she's like, oh, so sweet, my little Susie, picking a flower again, and she gets stung by a bee. She's had enough hurt already. Do I discipline her, or do I just give her a hug and make the the pain go away as much as possible? Well, she did both. She took care of my problem. She took care of the bee sting and coddled me and loved me and, and, you know, felt bad that I was hurting and tried to kiss it goodbye, as I do as a grandma and did as a mom. Uh, and and then she sat me down when I was calm and no more tears flowing and, and the, the sting had stopped stinging. And she sat me down and we had a, a talk. And she goes, Susie, you have a choice. You need to tell me the truth. And so we had this little little talk. So she loved me and she disciplined me. And I'm trying to explain this to you that discipline is love, but it's how we do it. And we need to do it in love. So if you're an angry parent, it's not a good time to discipline. You need to take a breath. You need to count to 10. You need to come back because the goal is what? The goal is is to teach your children that when you're not there to make a decision, that they're going to choose right over wrong, that they're going to be a good steward with what God has given them. And the only way that's going to happen is the parents, okay? We can hand our kids over to the teachers. It's not their responsibility. It's really not parents. And it's your responsibility to make sure your children understand the Lord and his love for them and your love for them and how you do that and, and how you hem them in. Hear this, parents. As you hem your children in with discipline and boundaries, they feel loved and they feel secure. 
And I remember that my son said, how come my sister gets more privileges than me? And I said, Tyson, because you don't follow the rules. So I have to pull back on you. Now, my daughter, on the other hand, wanted to live life with no regrets, and she abided by the rules. So she had more freedoms. Instead of being home at eight, she could be home at nine. My son, because the last time he didn't call me, didn't tell me I was running late. So guess what? His curfew, and he was older by two and a half years. How unfair. But no, it's based on how they act, their discipline, their choices, their habits, the things they do every day. And I hope you remember this, parents, because this applies to you. But understand that the hemming in and the security and the healthy boundaries is a really good place for your children to feel secure. And your kids need to feel loved. They need to have a confidence that they can handle things. And they need to understand that you've, you, you've got your hemmed them in. And as they can handle these habits, then you give them more. Those that do well with little get more. If you don't remember anything else about this show other than those that do well with little get more, I'm hoping you remember that and understand that discipline is love. Whoever heeds discipline shows the way to life, but whoever ignores correction leads others astray. Okay, that's Proverbs ten seventeen. That's one to remember, and it's so true. You know how they say birds of a feather flock together, and you want your children to hang out with good, good kids, kids that can think and do make right choices? This is another one of those, because if they are hanging around kids that ignore correction, then they're going to lead your child astray. So understand that. Now, see, my, my home was the home where the kids would come. I'd pick up my kids from school, and, and if they wanted a play date, they came to my house. Why? Because I wanted to watch over the kids. I wanted to see the choices in the children that my kids would hang out with, because I think it's important that we guard our children while we can. Now, that changes as they get older, but the choices and the decisions and what they see and what they experience is, is designed before they hit that Driver's license, here's the keys. Whew, it's a scary time. Proverbs 12.1, whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but whoever hates correction is stupid. Okay, I didn't say that. The Bible did. I mean, that's right there. You know, those that hate correction are stupid. I don't like that word stupid. Anyway, whoever disregards discipline comes to poverty and shame, but whoever heeds correction is honored. That sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Whoever spares the rod hates their children, but the one who loves their children is careful to discipline them. Now, does this mean in the heat of anger, you smack your finger with your hand and there's a handprint on the, the, the skin of the child? No, that is a sign that it's too much, parents, and you need to take a deep breath. You take a time out. You take a time out and understand the goal before you go in and you pursue your child. If you ever see a welt or a handprint on a child, that is abuse. There shouldn't be. I've seen this and I've taken action because it's just not okay. And I don't keep quiet because I think our kids need protection. So that's a side note, a whole different, a whole different world for a different day. Stern discipline awaits anyone who leaves the path. The one who hates correction will die. Those who disregard discipline despise themselves, but the one who heeds correction gains understanding. I don't know about you, but 
I'm needing correction, even now at my age. And until the day I die, I know that the Lord's going to continue. I hope, because he's not done with me yet. I'm still in process and progress, and so are you. And that's the good news, really, if you think about it. Because I have not arrived. I've not arrived. Am I better than I was? I certainly hope so. But have I arrived? No. Do I still make mistakes? Do I need correction? Absolutely. Proverbs 19.20, listen to advice and accept discipline, and at the end, you will be counted among the wise. See, as a leader, I, I say this, is that you need to be humble and you need to be teachable. I need to be humble and I need to be teachable. Are you humble and are you teachable? This is the Sue Freeze Show. Sue Freeze, spelled like fries, one word, dot com. There's a website that is made and designed to be there as a support. It's there. You can push different buttons and you can go around in there. There's there's video. There's Sue Freeze TV. There's uh, the I Am's. There's all these different things that you can gain. All podcasts are there. It's by date. It's by guest. When I have guests, by the way, I'm going to have a guest next week, and I'm very I'm looking so forward to this guest next week. I met him on Facebook, have not met him in person. I'm looking so forward to meeting him. His name is Larry, and I promoted him a little bit, and he said, thank you for that. Um, But, I mean, we seem to be very much in alignment. Um, He doesn't use God and Jesus a lot, but the things that he's saying, like I had a show on Victory, and it was interesting because, like, within minutes I got done with my show and he posted something on Victory. I thought, wow, okay, that's pretty amazing. Thank you, God. And so I'm I'm very excited about um, having him on the show next week. So if you watch on Facebook Live, you'll see it on Tuesday. Otherwise, you'll hear it on uh, Saturday or Sunday or both because I'm on multiple times on different uh, radio stations. So um, folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline will drive it far away. Proverbs 23, 13, do not withhold discipline from a child. If you punish them with a rod, they will not die. Okay, so there is a level of the rod. Okay, so just understand that. But it means that you know, people say, oh, don't lay a hand on your child. Well, I'm not, I'm not in agreement with that either. I just think that we need to be careful and not overdo. We want to make sure that we're, uh, we're not doing things in haste and in anger, right? Um, it has to be in the right time. Discipline your children and they will give you peace. They will bring you the delights you desire. My, my grandchildren, they give me delights every single moment. I mean, I'm with them. And even when they're misbehaving, which isn't often, but even when they're misbehaving, it's, it's such a delight. And because I've been down this road numerous times, um, I feel confidence level of knowing that what I'm doing is the right thing to do. So I'm trying to encourage you new parents to understand that disciplining your children is not a negative thing. It's as, as long as you're disciplining to disciple them, and to love on them and to give them those healthy, hemmed-in boundaries, what you're doing is you're, you're helping them to understand that they have choices, they have decisions, and that you're there to coach and teach along the way. You are discipling them. It's a really good thing. And just take it as that. Understand that's what you're doing. They all have their own personalities, and God created them for a specific purpose. You don't want to squelch that, right? You don't want to squelch that. Because some people are more, uh, they can be very messy and artistic, and there's other kids that are very routine and like things that way, and that's fine. Both are fine. I had one of each. And I have to say that, you know, I had to learn how to cope 
with things that didn't sit well with me. I had to learn how to cope in those situations to say, you know, that's okay. I'm just going to close the door. You want to make a mess in your room? Go ahead. But that's in your room, not my whole entire house. And I also had chores for my children. They didn't, they had to earn their way. And I think it's important as parents to not do everything for our children that we need to set up. Even my little one who's two, two years and two months now, I'm teaching her to, if you're going to pull your blocks out, you need to put your blocks back before we go to do something else. And she's learning that. And she actually gets excited. And she just wants me to say, way to go. Good job. And she's happy. She's happy that she's done something. She's pleased grandma, Gigi. And I think it's important that we teach them. Those that do well with little get more, right? We're, I'm rolling it back to that because that's discipline. Those that do well with little get more. Whether it's food, your weight, your, your looks, your mentality, books you read, things you listen to on the radio, you know, what's coming out of your mouth, what's, being, what's going in your ears. These are decisions you make on a day-to-day basis, and they will change the outcome based on garbage in, garbage out. You know, what are you listening to? Who are you hanging with? What are you doing with your spare time? Does it matter? I mean, are you doing something that's worthwhile? Or are you just playing a game? You know, what are you doing with this time that you could be doing something significant for other people? It, these are questions that, you know, you need to ask yourself. And, and, you know, is that important to you or not? Isaiah twenty six sixteen. Lord, they came to you when they're distressed. When you discipline them, they could barely whisper a prayer. Discipline me, Lord, but only in due measure, not in your anger, or you will reduce me to nothing. See, the Lord doesn't deal with anger and in due measure. Okay, that's like the rod, right? In due measure, like how much? How deep, how wide, how harsh do we need to get? Is this the first offense? Like with my employees, is this my record of conversation? Or is this first warning, second warning, third warning, and maybe, you know, termination? You know, how many times do I have to tell you this before it's enough? You know, I get what I tolerate. Parents, we get what we tolerate. Don't complain. Just do something about it. Take action. And make sure that the action um, is a natural consequence for action. Your action is a natural consequence for their action, right? And, you know, expectations. Let's talk about that for a minute. Expectations in the workplace. When I hire somebody, I tell them what the expectations are, and they want to know what's in it for them. Okay, that's fine. What's in it for me? What's in it for you? That's fine. Child-parent expectations, okay? Okay, I want you to come in by 8 o'clock at night, and if you're not going to make that for one reason or another, poor planning, or because something undue happened, then a phone call is in order. But you set the rules. You set the, you set the bar, okay? And then either they hit the bar... They, they're above the bar, they're doing better than that, or they're not there yet. This is discipline and discipleship. Okay, I, I hire people right now, um, and they know they're supposed to report. I, I get a hotel for them, right? This just happened. I, I had a guy, and he came on a bus, and we had to go to L.A. to pick him up when he knew where the office was. So he could have figured out how the bus could get to the office or closer to the office. But instead, he ended up downtown L.A., so we had to have one of my people drive down there and pick him up. And I'm thinking, 
hmm, he's going to be driving my car. He's going to be doing navigation. He should know how to navigate this. Okay, so that's number one. Secondly, he came to work today. I got him a hotel, and he came to work today after 8 o'clock and start time 7.30. Okay, now he has a hotel. I'm paying for the hotel for him. So what do I do with that? Okay, I hired him. What do I do with this person? Well, obviously, I'm going to have a conversation and say, what do you not understand? What do you understand the expectations? And what is keeping you from upholding your end of the bargain? You know, you, you, we have expectations. We need you to be at work because we have another guy that you're going to work with. And we need to make sure that he's not held up because you're not here. So I will have that communication with him and that conversation with him or my service manager will or somebody will. But my question is, should I even be having to have that conversation? Um, I'm not sure. And I just say this to say, I say that to say this, is that expectations, we need to be clear. If you are going to let somebody borrow something of yours, if up front you say, I'm going to let you borrow this, but I want you to understand that when you give it back to me, I want you to give it back to me as I gave it to you or better. I think that's fair and it's clear. What do you think? Is it mean? to set the expectation up front, to say, I'm going to give you something of mine that I really appreciate and like. I'm going to let you borrow it. But I want you to be considerate and caring enough to give it back to me as good or better than you were given it. Is Is that unrealistic or asking too much? Maybe it is, but if they want to borrow, then that's my expectation. So... If we don't set the expectation up front and something doesn't happen, then is that all on them or is that is that both parties? That's a question. So if you're looking at this going, yeah, I've had that happen, I've had that happen, then I would ask this question to you. Did you set the expectations? Did you set the rules in place? Because if not, then, you know, maybe both parties. Because not everybody understands all of this, okay? It, it's a learning curve for people. Not everybody was taught how to change a tire. Not everybody was taught how to drive a stick shift. You know, we get a little frustration uh, at work when somebody doesn't know how to fix a B&G or this or that. But on the other hand, not everybody is mechanical. Not everybody understands how things work. Not everybody went through that stage or even wants to. So we have to be considerate. We have to be patient. And we have to verbalize and communicate the expectations And disciple, discipline, train, teach, coach on what it is we're wanting so that we can get the outcome that's going to be favorable for everybody concerned. This sounds pretty easy, doesn't it? But is it? And do we remember to do those things? I know that that it's difficult, but I also know that it can be very helpful in any relationship, whether you're husband and wife even. You know, what's the expectations when you get married? Are you expecting him to do the dishes? Are you expecting, is he expecting you to cook every night? Or, you know, and do you have an agreement where if you cook, he cleans? Or do you cook together and clean together? How cute. But, you know, I mean, who does the shopping? Who buys the food? I have multiple parties at my house and I'm, I buy the food, I bring it in and uh, somebody else might cook it, uh, you know, and cook it. And everybody's raving about the person that cooked it. But then the person that actually provided the food um, is not mentioned. It's not like, gosh, thanks for providing the food. Thanks for providing the house. That's not mentioned. It's just the person that's cooking. So I'm saying that because if you are in a situation like that, just remember to give thanks in all things. 
give credit where credit is due and just understand that that um, it takes if you are someone that cooks, if you're someone that cleans, you understand what it takes to have those things happen. You know what it takes out of you, right? If you have a clean car and you wash your own car, you vacuum your own car, you do your own detail, you don't pay to have somebody else do it, then you understand what it takes to get that done. It's not an easy chore, uh, but someone that never does that and just pays the money, then they're not going to understand what's involved and they're willing to just pay somebody else to do it. So all I'm saying is not everybody understands the experience as you do. So it's your responsibility because you get what you tolerate, it's your responsibility to vocalize and communicate what your expectations are and that what you, you take care of little, you get more. Um, and that's so true. It's a biblical principle, and it's so true in so many avenues. Just talking to you today has made me realize just all the different arenas where this plays out and is such a true statement. So take care of little so you can have more. God bless you. Be a blessing to someone each and every day. And talk to you next week. Bye for now. Ah, it's a time of the year when bugs multiply like crazy and start looking for a home, your home. Ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, and a lot of other creepy crawly critters, even rats and other varmints. It's time to call Ecola Termite and Pest Control Services. They offer complete ecological pest control of rodents and insects. Ecola has one-time services, ongoing monthly services, their most popular and economical every-other-month service, and even quarterly service for occasional pest problems. Ecola keeps rats and mice out and eliminates insects in their nests. It's the most effective way, and their termite control is legendary. So call Ecola today for a free estimate of complete pest control at 877-332-BUGS. No more creepy-crawly critters like ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, rats, and other pests. Call them at 877-332-BUGS. 877-332-BUGS. E.C.O.L.A. Powerful pest control services as gentle as a butterfly. Ask about their two-year warranty. Call 877-332-BUGS.